When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number. Proud to be a part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 176. And what a fantastic week it has been. It's been an emotional one, uh, but three wins. Stark contrast to the previous. We started with the signing of Carlos Alvarez. uh, Then the unbelievable victory over Manchester City in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals. Uh, But the question still remained, could we pick up those vital three points in the relegation scrap against Everton. Yes, we could. James Ward-Prowse to the rescue and banishing a 25-year losing record at Goodison Park. Four amazing goals, which could already grace goal of the month for us. Yes, we remain bottom, but we've given ourselves an almighty chance to get out of this. And do we have this belief now? And do the players 
have the confidence to extend this against Aston Villa next week. To top off the celebrations this week, Dan and Lundeloo's new team, Bolton, handed the skates a beating too. So lots of smiles today for a change. Uh, and with me to share in the celebrations, we have the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton, and the returning Tim Bazance, who's going to give us the lowdown on Villa. But first, Kevin. Kevin, what a week. Happy days for the moment. And I'm determined to make the most of it. How are you feeling? I'm settled. It's, it's a strange feeling, isn't it? Uh, it's been <laughs> a long time coming. Yeah, I don't know. I was almost, you know, more negative than you about the team. And uh, they're going to pull off a week like this. So, uh, yeah, never a dull moment as a Saints fan. It's certainly not. Um, and away from the pitch, how are you on a, on a personal level? I'm all right. Yeah. Good. Good. You sound a little bit more chirpy and upbeat than you did last week i'm guessing that's because of the team yeah i mean it's the subject matter isn't it um <laughs> yeah you might like us on uh, yeah uh, how are you uh, I'm, I'm fine yeah i've had a good week it's um it's all clicking into place as well so uh yeah it's uh, it's, it's it's been it's been good i get what you mean about the unsettling feeling it's just that, that i i don't know because i'm so negative I'm, I'm i keep thinking that something bad is about to happen you know you can't have the yeah you know all this pleasure but where's the pain kind of thing but uh I'm sure there'll be time for it. But like I said, I'm determined to make the most of it this week. Yeah, well, we're still bottom of the table. We've got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it balances itself. You want some negativity. Yeah. Uh, and Tim, Tim, welcome back. It's been a while. We were just saying off air that, you know, we haven't spoke since uh, Kev's amusing town names uh, during that uh, USA-England World Cup <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, it's been a busy Christmas and New Year for you. You know, you've returned to Chicago. You're settling into a new job, settling into uh your new place and how are the stress levels because i mean well i mean at least you have the relief of not having to worry about saints for a few more days at least yeah that was the thing was everything was so crazy going on i moved 850 miles uh full house i mean up uh through through the holidays had had the holidays to try to enjoy uh, significant travel issues. And if you didn't, don't hear about Southwest Airlines and how they canceled, you know, a, a ridiculous amount of flights, I was in that mess as well. And all in all, like, I really didn't have a time to enjoy anything else outside of, well, just trying to do my job and trying to move. And so what's been amazing is that ever since I've been able to plant myself in Chicago full time, everything's back and moved in, uh, Saints haven't lost a game yet. So Ooh. to me, I think that's a good that's a good thing. Absolutely. So Just stay where gonna, you are. Don't move again. Just stay yeah, put. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very and I'm I'm not going anywhere. Uh, <laughs> obviously, that's the uh, that's the idea, and we'll be settling in for the long haul here, which is really nice, and it's good to be back in my home. Uh, I was born and raised in the Chicago area, so haven't been back here in six years, and uh, it was a lot. It was there was a lot going on. Okay, right. Uh, we have to get into some ITN news. Uh, so, shall we do that now? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news then. Uh, before that fantastic result against City on Wednesday evening, we revealed our latest recruit, uh, Jones's second winter signing, a 20-year-old Argentinian midfielder, Carlos Alcaraz, not the tennis player, uh, from racing for a fee of 12.3 million plus a 15% uh, on any future sales. Kevin, it's not a striker. 
Uh, it's not a player with experience. It's another youngling with a point to prove. Uh, but, but what are your feelings on, on this latest signing? And, you know, we, we got to see him for 30 minutes at Everton yesterday. So, yeah, and thoughts on his bite-size inclusion? I don't know. I'm not massively excited. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about the Argentine League and, you know, uh, what role he played at, at racing. I don't know. We, st- we still do need a striker, don't we? That, that, that is a worrying. That we've, we've signed It's at least 10 players we've signed now, so it's almost a whole lineup. Of players and there's just one omission uh, yeah. uh, that we're all waiting for. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, looked did it all right, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I just don't want it to be another one of those Diallo signings, you know, where we get this player in that we don't necessarily need right now and uh, he, he comes in and out of the team. He's never going to get a chance to settle and, and you know, it, whenever he does play, it's, it's, it's not enough and it's, it's not going to be good enough at times. But like a, like a Gineppo or an Elianusi or any of the players that he's signed to replace. Exactly, yeah. But, I mean, it's a signing, isn't it? It's more depth, and it's it's kind of what we do need the depth as well. It's other options, especially that we're still fighting in all three competitions. <laughs> Don't forget that. We need a bigger squad, and we've had a big, big, busy week. So, um, yeah, this is, it's, it's a good thing. Um, Tim, something I wanted to talk to you about uh, quickly was uh, Tino Livramento. He's had another injury setback. Um, he was spotted on crutches at, at Staplewood. And things were looking good for him because he returned to training and he actually went to Spain for the training camp during the World Cup break. Um, but this is, a, this is a new setback. But apparently it's a completely different issue to his ACL uh, recovery. It's, it's a minor muscle injury, so it's, it's probably a hamstring or something like that. Nothing to panic about, nothing to worry about, right? Oh no, we're it's a hundred percent panic. We're in twentieth place, and the world is burning around <laughs> us. So, um, but seriously, so the thing about when injuries uh, that like, Tino has, if you this is it's not very common, but uh, when an injury occurs at a different place, they put him in a brace and on crutches as a precautionary measure. So even with the hamstring, because of the development back in the muscles of all the areas he, he they still want to isolate and segregate the different um the different recovery points so by putting him back into the uh the brace and putting him on cr- cr- crutches it's just a conservative approach trying to handle and manage that he, you're not going to take on too much of a load in that on those areas with the using the crutches to help with the weight distribution on and the brace to not uh not prevent uh awkward movements um because if your hamstring is an issue on on other on the other side you you don't want that uh injured area to compensate which then could further potentially you know throw yourself off and uh so when i saw that i was scared um because you never know and uh, but ultimately, after looking through it all, if it's the other side, if it's a hamstring injury on the other side of the body, I'm less concerned about it. But it just still will hamper the total recovery timeline for him. I was thinking he like I think I said a long time ago, I was thinking February and I'm still optimistic mm-hmm. for him to get back to it. But realistically, I don't think he's going to have much of an impact at all the rest of this year. Um, I don't think I just don't think it's there. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any any rush to get him in at the moment, anyway. Unless we, of course, unless we suffer an injury to Skywalker Peters, but uh, at the moment, yeah, there's no there's no rush on it. 
but yeah, like nothing, nothing to worry about. My only concern is that he's picking up a lot of injuries already in his young career and he could become injury prone. You know, you have an injury when you've been out for something as, as, as crazy as this. It's, it's not good. Uh, but yeah, it, it happens in football, doesn't it? A lot of, a lot of hamstring injuries, especially. Yeah. We're and we're in the I guess the state the, the staple pool is is Sam McQueen and Sam mm. McQueen's injury though because he he basically had an infection from the ACL and the the new ACL didn't take that was a that was the problem um, which led to effectively him being forced to retire um, but you are correct that some but someone being younger in his career who can eventually get back to it um, I I have the I have the faith that he can do it. It's just that his development as a player, though, is extremely hampered. And people are thinking, oh, he might get signed off or he might if if when we get relegated, he won't go anywhere. He'll be back on the team because he's going to want to have some game time and knowing that he will likely have a lot of game time with us um, because he needs to get back into the swing of things because he's a he's a complete unknown now with with such significant injuries and seriousness with it because I mean it was what March of 2023 so a year is not um, un, uh, uncommon for that type of injury to come back it's just you, you need to get your you need to get your legs under you and you need to get some experience in you yeah and uh, hopefully he can get back into that team and go straight into the right back position because now we've seen Kyle Walker Peters because uh been playing a role at left back, so uh, it, it could be good. It could be good. Um, moving on then, uh, Kev, Sport Republic CEO Rasmus Ankerson, he's spoken out regarding you know the transfer strategy. He did it on BBC Radio Solent in the week. Did you manage to catch up with this interview? I, I did, yeah. And um, I don't know, did you hear the interview with um, the Haven and Waterlooville manager, so Paul Doswell? And he's a Saints fan, and they had him on sort of partly as a Saints fan, partly as a manager, and he was absolutely scathing about Nathan Jones um, and it must have even the news must have got to him because he I think he referred to it in, his, uh, in one of the press conferences but yeah on that uh, Adam Blackmore revealed that, um, it, that he'd been trying to get an interview with uh, Simmons or Ankerson for over a year so basically since he started the whole support mm-hmm. republic takeover and then all of a sudden we get this uh, this interview with both of them at the same time. I don't think it really revealed much, to be honest. I mean, they addressed all the concerns, but it was, you know, it's all the sort of corporate speak that you expect. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm, I confess I didn't listen to, to it live. I knew it was coming on, but I didn't bother. Because of that reason, I knew exactly what was going to happen. It's going to be the corporate speak. It's going to be stuff that we know what they're going to say. Um, but for those of you that didn't, I mean, I want to touch on some finer points of it. Uh, okay, so since the departure of Joe Shields, Rasmus himself has taken the lead on the recruitment process. Um, uh, we are looking to strengthen in central defence and attack. They are the priorities, and they're also looking to bring in cover for Tino, but that is not the priority. Uh, been, they've been working 24-7 to give Nathan Jones the firepower we need to stay in the Premier League. Uh, the, the transfer committee consists of Ankerson, Martin Simmons, Henrik Kraft and Toby Steele. Um, he didn't agree with the majority of the fan base about our strategy of bringing in the youth and argued that Joe Aribo and Duja uh, Chaleta Tsar uh, are in their mid-20s and established international players. I guess, you know, we can throw Orsic in that mix now as well. And so I'll quote him now. Uh, we really only lost one starting 11 player with experience, and that was um, Renéu, who had the desire to leave, and we chose to accept that. Looking back, 
You'd like to have a player like that around now. But the reason we buy young, talented players is not just because we are all about making some profits. We actually believe that if Southampton is going to get back to the top 10, then we need to take a slightly more long-term view than just only thinking about survival and recruiting ready-made players, which is very expensive and has a lot of risks as well. It's a strategy in line with Southampton, turning potential into excellence, and that is what is reflected in the strategy. Do we always get it right? No. But I think we have some really exciting young talents who can be among the world's best. It's always a balance, and we knew this year would be a little bit of a risk, but if we could get through it, we could be very strong and push on. Kev, I'll come to you first because, you know, you, you started the the, uh, the segment off. Uh, I feel this interview was needed because we, we already knew what he was going to say, yeah. um, but I still felt it needed to happen. And, and we needed to feel that because I said last week we need to feel a connection with the board. Uh, and we, we want to we want to hear it from the horse's mouth. We don't want to hear it, you know, from from the athletic or anything. We want to hear it from him, especially as the fans that they've, they've grown tired lately of the policies already. So I think, yeah, you're you're right. We seem to have lost that connection with uh, the board that we seem to have before, which is kind of um, ironic, I suppose. Because well, we never had, you know, we never Gow had it with so we never detached. had it with Gow, did we? We never had it with Gow, and that yeah. was the problem. And we wanted a new board to come in, and we wanted to feel that connection. We still haven't done it. Yeah, I mean, the, I, you, I, maybe my memories do me uh, a disservice here, but. Uh, you know, as, as far as I can remember, they, they would come out with interviews a lot more often, which I thought was you know, quite in, encouraging uh, before, you know, when they were making that transition. But now we've got the new board in. Yeah, there seems to be just you know, no communication there at all. Although, you know, you do get the fans forum and that sort of thing. But, yeah, um, but they don't they don't sit on the forum. They just send in no. the manager and they send in the player and then they send in Toby Steele to... To do all the work. I think it's a bit disrespectful for the Nathan Redmond that he says that Ariel Romeo is the only, you know, player we've, we've uh, transferred out this season. I mean, okay, yeah, Jan Valerie you can um, maybe ignore, but he was a first team player. But yeah, um, Redmond and Romeo have left them. And I think Romeo is the one that's definitely left a hole uh, that, yeah, Diallo hasn't really been able to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't come at a particularly good time for the board. Although it was literally just after that, um, the win against City, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That seems like a perfect timing, doesn't it? When the pressure's off just a little bit. I'll go and do it. Yeah, you? you're saying no, 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 no. Two nil against City. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to get the good end of it. Uh, but Tim, are you left feeling any better? Are, are you left feeling that that he is in line with the fans, or is it just what he had to say? I'll judge him by his actions rather than what he has to say, because right now, look at how many players that we've signed in the offseason in the summer and then here two more in January. So to me, I guess I'm I've got that long term concern of we have an absolute bloated team right now with in terms of the total amount of players and availability now. Is this throwing a couple of players and if it, if it allows us to save from relegation, great, that's perfect. But right now, I mean, looking at it, how many people are we going to see cleared out in the offseason if when we would go down? And I'm sorry to keep talking about this because, you know, before when Ralph was just sacked and 
we thought, you know what, we might be able to skate out of it. Right now, it's a real possibility being in 20th. So looking at the team and who are these signings, are they going to play in the championship or are they going to go on loan next year because we can't afford their wages or they don't they don't want to play in the championship, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so to me, I'm a little scared, um, but maybe he's thinking that this is the, the opportunity to reload and by reload is that it's we're going to have the depth needed for a championship because that's four more games, well, eight more games, um, and also then the cup runs as well in, a condition, in, in addition to it. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little hesitant because I don't see how people like Rebo are going to be able to play through um, – I, you know, we've got two center backs on loan. We've got, you know, we've got Will Smallbone, Nathan Tella. Um, and then, of course, like players in the academy who are out on loan, Donald Simiu, Kale Blotz, Nalundalu, uh, Kegs Chake. Are they going to come in and they're going to fill in? I just see that there's a lot of players, and I think that's going to be hampering uh, what's truly needed rather than the focus of where we need to sign, like where, where are the gaps that we need to sign. Um, but ultimately, uh, if we don't get relegated, then you, that everything they just said, you can, you can screw, <laughs> tell me to screw off and I would not mind because then we wouldn't be relegated. Well, so. we're maybe ignoring the, the beating who could quite, uh, realistically get promoted, um, be a hell of a beating. Yeah. Yeah. And especially yeah. with these players in the beating that are playing so well and probably deserve a little bit of a push up. So you could throw those into the mix also. Yeah. But, but I mean, Kev, we, we said last week that the club doesn't really have the ambition. And I felt like the appointment of Nathan Jones was something that they seemed accepting the, the fact that we are going to get relegated. And this is a championship side with a championship manager. But listening to what he had to say, I mean, do you feel confident that they do have a long term plan and they fully back themselves and believe that Premier League survival is what they truly want? It might be what they want, but I think, you know, this is a very high risk strategy that they've gone with uh, taking all of these young uh, academy players and <clears throat> hoping that some of them are going to be able to make their mark in the Premier League. Orsic, um, Aribo, Chaletazar, they're not youth players. Is what um, yeah, but they're still a distinct minority. Like I said, you know, <laughs> we've signed about a dozen players and uh, only two or three, we could say, uh, you know, have the experience uh, to, to have what it takes at, at this level, undoubtedly. Um, I, mean, we, I mean, we've seen some good young uh, breakthrough players, um, uh, Labia and uh, Belicocha, yeah, they've been and uh, and Dozy as well, they've been kind of standouts. I don't know if they can keep it up for the rest of the season, but you know when you've got a squad as big as ours, I suppose you um, don't necessarily need them to be able to. But yeah, I just still think that um, they should have maybe diversified a bit and mm. signed just a couple less of them. In sure, I agree. And, the and, and yeah break the transfer budget for a striker. I think that's still going to come. I well, I hope it's going to come anyway. But Moy, oh, Moy was quoted in the week as well as saying that he feels like the granddad to these players and he's only 20. So, <laughs> wow. You know, it, it's, um, yeah, it, it, even the players he, believe he, it. We yeah. signed him from Young Boys as well, didn't we? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Was it Basel? I don't so know. It was Basel that we it signed Basel, from. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Unlucky. Um, right, OK, so uh, Carabao Cup then. Uh, after our win over City... Uh, we've been awarded a semi-final tie with Newcastle United, um, and it's over two legs. 
the first of which is at St Mary's on Tuesday, the 24th of January, and the second leg is the following Tuesday on the 31st uh, at St James's Park. Both games will be live on Sky. And Kev, just a side note here, I might be going to St James's for a nice little road trip. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I've never done St James's before. I've never even been to Newcastle, so I just figured, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bloody do it. No, it's an amazing town, seriously. Yeah, Yeah, you'll love it. I know. I'll, I'll stay up there for the weekend. It'd be great. Um, and following on from the Palace victory in the FA Cup, we will be at home to Blackpool in, in the fourth round. And that's on Saturday, the 28th of January. Uh, that's the meat in that Newcastle sandwich. So, wow, that's going to be um, that's going to be crucial. I know that Blackpool is struggling. Is that the one that comes from Greg's? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I know that Blackpool are struggling in the championship at the moment. I think they're in the relegation zone, but they did beat Nottingham Forest in the third round. And that's kind of like, well, hang on a sec. If we can't beat Forest and Blackpool have stuffed them in the cup, what does that mean? I just have a feeling this is going to be another one of those like Coventry games from last year where we had to go to extra time to to do it. I don't think that one's going to be quite as easy. And that Newcastle one is it doesn't get much tougher, does it? Considering we don't play very well at St. James's and all that, it's um. Yeah, I think both those cup cup ties are going to be huge. And difficult. Bananas skins. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, another bit of news that came out from the week. Good, good bit of news. Uh, Gavin Bazunu wins Save of the Month for uh, well, November and December. I'm not really sure how they can call it a Save of the Month if it was over two. Um, but yeah, his his save against Liverpool uh, that gave him the silverware. So yeah, congratulations to Gavin Bazunu. Right. OK, uh, we have uh, the transfer roundabout to jump on, guys. So, uh, yeah, hang on. We're going to uh, we're going to jump on. Let's track ourselves in. OK, then uh, <laughs> transfer roundabout. I hate this theme tune, by the way. <laughs> um <laughs> Nathan Jones, uh, interested in a reunion with Luton right back James Bree. Um, this is just going to be a short term cover for Tino. OK, so no real problems, no real issues. I don't know what's happening with this, but, you know, that's that's the latest bit of news on that front. This uh, Lorient striker, Terra Moffi, uh, the Nigerian, uh, it looks dead. It can't, I mean, I keep on reading stories that it's, it's, it's on. Dead. No, he's not dead. The deal's dead. Jesus. I keep on hearing stories that it's on, then it's off. Um, I, and then the, the story comes up again that they're interested in signing him. And if they don't sign him, this is what's going to happen. So I don't know. But the last I heard, the, the, the deal was dead. Um, and if that is, is in, indeed the truth, then they're looking at Celtic forward, uh, Dazen Maida. Um, and I've also heard another Celtic player, Joseph uh, Juranovic transfer news. Uh, Kevin, have you have you heard any more? No. Is do you know if that Bree uh, transfer would be a loan or would it be? Uh, yeah, yeah, it would be a loan. It would be a loan see, deal. I think that would be fine. I think that's probably a very pragmatic approach, and mm-hmm. I think we talked about a, a full ter- you know a full year loan for a right back cover was going to be a good shout um, to see that the formation changed and using uh, how things are things are set up. Um, if you were able to get something like that, I think that's a good, that's a, that's a good, that's the best thing that we can do right now. If you're able to get Maeda, um, who's, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty good. He's pretty good from Celtic. I've watched mm-hmm. a few Celtic games now. Um, let's see what happens. But once again, bloated squad and what's going to happen if we do go down and concerns and let's get some of our players out on loan. Um, yeah. that need it. Uh, Thierry Small, Juan Larios, 
Tim Vokins is still with us. I'm not sure if he's still with us. At the, yeah, at he's the moment. just he's just come back from Woking. Um, so he only returned on the first of January, but he's um he's been playing and training with the B team. So I think they'll keep him around there. To be honest. Yeah, and then maybe even a uh, crazy a crazy thing, but I Gavin think maybe Pizzunu, uh, send him out. On uh, <laughs> I was gonna say a dozy actually. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, in Walcott, let's get it's just let's just get him on. I mean, if you want a coach and a cheerleader, he's I mean, he's probably the most expensive cheerleader in the Premier League right now. <laughs> yeah. And just going back to James Bree, uh, obviously someone that, that Nathan Jones trusts and he has said that he's got Premier League quality. So it would be. Yeah. I just say if it's a, if it's a short term six month loan, then then why not? Just just as, as cover. Um, I could even see him being signed in the off season too. Um, he, he, him, and his—I've been able to see a few Luton games as well. And Bree is one of those players that gets forward, and it, it's like a very, very budget bargain Reese James, where he can play that right center back and, but also play a little bit of wing back uh, too, which is really cool. Um, and definitely would be a good shout for the type of formation that he has played. And would be as long as we're able to get rid of Bednarik in the off season, I think he'd be really good alongside maybe if Stevens comes back. Um, we'll just see. We'll just also see if we get relegated. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just breaking. Oh, okay. Speaking of breaking, yeah. Uh, Man City midfielder Kian Breaking. <laughs> <laughs> if I was making the money. So now you're making this up. Yeah. <laughs> you're not making this up. Huh. No, and another Man City midfielder, Carlos. Oh, Kevin Borges. De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, he's apparently um, a lifelong Saints fan. Eager to join the South Coast outfit. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this. This is um, um this is good. Sorry, who was the actual player? Yeah, Carlos Borges. Um, again, a couple of youngsters from Man City. Who would have thunk it? Um, but have you heard the name Scott McTominay being knocking around? I have not. I have not. I'd, I'd take that. That's Although he's got a, he's got a few cards in him. I don't trust him on the tackling front. You have him in the same seat, uh, team as, as Lianco and uh, Chilet Tsar, then we're going to have a red card at some point. Mm. In almost yeah, every game. So at least we can get a bit um, yeah. RP as well. Yeah. OK, uh, right. Uh, Loneys then. Uh, Dan and Lindelow, I mentioned him at the top of the show. He's uh, left his uh, spell at Cheltenham and he's ended uh, switching to Bolton Wanderers. Uh, didn't start, but came on in the early goings due to an injury and played just under an hour against them lot up the road and they won three nil. So yeah, but that was good for him. I bet he got booed as well. I didn't see it, but uh, he probably did, didn't he? Um, and Jake Vokins, as I also just mentioned, uh, he's returned from Woking and he was involved in the B team yesterday, uh, Friday night against uh, Newcastle. And Nico Lawrence uh, is, is joined Torquay on loan for the remainder of the season. So good luck to him. Um, I've got a couple of birthdays here, guys. I'm going to catch you out on one. Right. Greg Razziak. How old's Greg Razziak? Oh, Um, He has to be 40. You're cheating. Four. He is 44. Yes. No way. Yeah, 44 on Thursday. That's um, that's great. Um, Are you sure you're not cheating? <laughs> I'm absolutely sure. I wouldn't even know where to look. Okay. Well, you just put Gregos Raziak and it will come up. Okay, right you'd there. hear me typing it away, though, wouldn't you? Surely, yeah. Um, and tomorrow, actually, a little bit early on this, on this Monday the 16th, uh, Sir Ricky, Sir Ricky Lambert's birthday. So I don't want to miss this one. So uh, how old is Sir Ricky? 41. Tim's going 41. 40. He's actually 41 tomorrow. So well done. Wow. You guys have aced it. Well done, guys. Well, I'm, we're both correct, yeah. yeah. I, I, he's 40 today. 
Yeah, well, he is 40 today. Yeah, well done. Good teamwork there. Yeah, I love it. Teamwork there. <laughs> uh, okay, the B team then, as mentioned, uh, they played Newcastle on Friday the 13th. Uh, a brilliant 4-1 victory. Goals from Lewis Payne, Cammy Doyle. Kevin, have a guess who scored the other two. It's got to be Don Ballard, surely. Yeah, Don Ballard got one and Jimmy Morgan got the other. So, yes, uh, eight games undefeated now. <laughs> moved to the top of the table in the in Premier League too. But Leeds have a game in hand. So uh, next match, they've got Everton uh, on Wednesday the 18th. And that's at Staplewood at 12pm kickoff. Uh, the women are playing right now against Lewis at St Mary's. Um, so I'll check back in with them in a bit and see how they're getting on. OK, then. So uh, we have to talk about these two games now. And I'm guessing we're all thrilled to be doing it for a change. And we'll start with uh, the Wednesday game, of course, Man City. Uh, Carabao Cup quarterfinal uh, at St. Mary's. And yes, what a night. Uh, almost unbelievable. In fact, actually, true story. I woke up Thursday morning and thought I dreamt it. Seriously. I, I still couldn't process it, I guess. It was just like, wow, this is incredible. Uh, and you look, you look at City and you, you look at us and our current situation. There was nothing that made me think that we could do this. And that, yeah, my goodness, what a performance. And I guess you could say it was a masterclass from Nathan Jones. And, you know, we need to start there. OK, because, you know, he made five changes from the cup, went over Palace, started with a back four and, and Kyle Walker-Peters playing left back. The inclusion of Gineppo down the right and, and Mara leading the line didn't fill me with too much confidence, but proved to be the correct decision because they were the goal scorers, of course, whether it's by luck or judgment. I don't really care. Um, but, yeah, Mislav Orsic was named on the bench. Tim, I'll start with you. Uh, great, incredible night. Um, we started the better, didn't we? And we, But we did have a little bit of a scare early on when uh, Gundogan put one just wide. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you know you're going to get those uh, peppering shots. So you just want to have luck go your way because once, once again, if you go 10, 10, 15 minutes into the game and you go down 1-0, the morale just kind of knocks you out. So right there, that was the luck that allowed us to use it as a foundation and settle into what was eventually a proper counter-attack football game. And Kev, I mean, we, we, we did have our chances as well, didn't we? Because uh, Chalette Zara had an effort that was saved well from Ortega, just, uh, yeah, a little bit of a snapshot that he had. And Salisu, he headed it straight at him and Gineppo sent one over. And we were threatening and there was no ideals to sit back and just hold City off. We, we, we were the better side and we deserved the lead, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was coming as well. I mean, it's just like, you know, chalk and cheese um, in the space of a few days. I don't really understand what's happened, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm all for and, it. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knew that, uh, yeah, the anchor right back, had, uh, I suppose it's the Brazilian roots coming through, but uh, <laughs> yeah, those crosses that he was putting in were just phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, they were. And uh, yeah, as you, th- you, and you have one just before the goal where, um, Mara on the turn almost um, stuck it in the back of the net. Yeah, the, the moment did come for Mara. That's 17 matches and five starts now. His first goal for the club and one that he won't forget, one that we all won't forget, you know, and it, it all came from that Lianco cross that you just mentioned. He was brilliant, by the way, and mm. he, he kind of like intercept, intercepted the City break and ran down the left, oh, sorry, ran down the right and then fired in a low cross to Mara and he, and he slotted at home. Yeah, just a, <laughs> what happened to Mara? Because we've not seen him in that, with that, composed sort of head about him and he's just yeah great finish he looked really good yeah he looked really good so 
um, the comfortableness and he's got that. Uh, some people have said, oh, he's got a little bit of swag or doesn't show like he cares. Well, he wants to keep a cool head in in the face of what is a serious game, because uh, not every player, not every per- has the personality like Lianco, who is just an absolute madhouse of a, you know, a rabid, you know, he's a, like a rabid dog out there just completely going after it. And he just seems to be much more of a, a cool, calm and collected person and found the space, made the run. And this is that was Leonco's best game as a saint. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I think it was. Yeah, he was excellent. And he has got that in him, but I still don't trust him. I still have that. You know, he's got those bad, bad uh, performances in him like we saw against Nottingham Forest but I mean you're always going to get that with defenders aren't you you may make a mistake there's a goal he, he's extremely aggressive so I, I that's where you're going to get from it even in there was a there was a uh, just after the goal he went for a he went for a clearance out on Jack Grealish and Grealish brought it into the box and then if it wasn't for um, it was either I think it was Salisi then who was able to stop it and put it out for a corner but um he he would have been at fault. Lianco would have been at fault for that goal um, if it if it went through. Yeah, I mean, stroke of genius putting him up against Greenish. But um, yeah, do you feel more confident with Lianco as a, as a right back than a centre back? Uh, yes, I do. I do. As long as he's not going forward. Yeah. As long as he's not going forward too much. I mean, I know the goal he had to go Why? forward for. Yeah. Um, which is which is fine. But I don't know. It depends who he's got playing at that right centre back as well, doesn't it? Um, someone that's going to have to cover him quite a lot if he does go forward. I don't think he's got the pace to be able to get back, especially against a team like like Man City. They've got all those players, especially like with Grealish playing down that side. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't trust him. There's something about him that I don't trust, and I can't get my head on it, head around it. It's just you know, I wouldn't trust him to open a can of sardines that was already open. Wow. <laughs> he can't open Greenish like a can of sardines. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, Matt. I, I love the guy. I think he's great, and I think everybody needs to have a Lianco in their squad just for every yeah. occasion. He, he he's great, and but I think if I was making my first eleven, he would not be included in it. And also, if Bella Kocic was playing, he wouldn't be anywhere near his team. Not right now, I don't think. But well, if Liveramento was in the team, he exactly. Near. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, the, the match did get even better. And the goal got better as well, because Gineppo, he's only capable of worldies, isn't he? And he, he saw Ortega off his line and a really another cool finish. And he has that in his locker, we know. But I don't know, we usually see him panic in in those sort of situations and take a dive or whatever it is. But not this time. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. And his first in nearly two years. And just not just the goal, but a great performance from him throughout. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested to mean just a, a moment of clarity where he's um, seeing the keeper off his line and thought, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, we went 2-0 up, uh, and then we knew that the City's bench, We, you saw the City bench at, at the start and thought, fucking hell, you know, <laughs> that's incredible. If things aren't going well for them, they can turn it around. And I'm just going to read them out just to magnify this. So they got Edison, Ake, Akanji, De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez and Erling Haaland all on the bench. That is over £360 million worth of talent at Pep's disposal. With a click of his Hard fingers... Time. Yeah. <laughs> a click of his fingers, he can change things around in his favour. And he did that. You know, he made three changes. On came Akanji, Ake and De Bruyne. And within 10 minutes of the second half, still no dice, and he throws on the, the shit Ricky Lambert, Erling Haaland. <laughs> the blonde Ricky Lambert. I'm very happy that they rotated. I think... I do genuinely think this was an afterthought and I was really happy to, to see them 
not care. I mean, in, in a way that they didn't, they didn't care. So to me, um, we got, we got lucky there, but they did not, I, I would never expect them to even their B team to play such a poor lineup. Uh, that was really bad. And to me, I was not, um, uh, I, I was, I was scared, but I was not happy to see any of them come out of the game. No, no, but I mean, it just goes to show, doesn't it, Kev, that with all those players, it, again, it just magnifies the, the performance that we had because he did bring those players on. Well, not all of them, obviously, but he bought on, <laughs> you bring on the likes of De Bruyne and Erling Haaland, you know, you've got a match made in heaven for anyone and a nightmare for any defence. But the fact that we stopped them and they didn't even have a shot on target, that is excellent from from Saints. I know a lot of people are gonna are gonna flip this and say that City went at their best. They didn't start with the greatest lineup, but oh, come on, we need a still, lot of credit still for that. Still a very good lineup. I mean, I yeah, they're all seasoned internationals. Premier League, maybe. Um, why, why do I keep wanting to call him Carlton Palmer, Julian Palmer, Palmer <laughs> Palmer? <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Cole. Cole Palmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, agreed. He, he's he's yeah, up and coming, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Mm. But the, the thing I liked is Jones immediately, immediately reacted to that and he took Gineppo off for Perro. And I know Gineppo had a, had a slight knock, but, you know, he brings Perro on. He shores up the defence a little bit more. Uh, and, but just the whole the, the whole match was just a fantastic effort. And the thing that I noticed, Tim, is they were so, so good at winning the ball back. And, you know, Lavia was key to that in the time that he had. But, yeah, just brilliant uh, at winning the ball back against a team like Man City, even with a a midfield like Foden and, and, and Cole Palmer. Yeah, Lavia's got the talent, and he's the best signing so far in the offseason. I know Belkachov is up there, but um, seeing, seeing with what he's been able to do, uh, absolutely fantastic. So um, to me, I think they Joe, Jones got it right because he was able to play what would be the spaces, and he gave them the ball when they needed to be, but they were able to, prog- uh, they were able to uh, counter-press when absolutely avail- when absolutely available. So all in all, that was it. It was really um, the Jones setup that allowed the, allowed it to happen because we were clearly less on talent than they have. Absolutely, and and we did get to see Orsic Kev for a bit. And it was shade over seven minutes, I think. Yes, and not enough to judge fairly, but you know, especially with an influx of City attacks, you feel that were coming. You're not going to see a lot of the ball, and Orsic is definitely not going to see a lot of the ball. But yeah, we get we got to see him. Albeit not a lot, and yeah, that we we hung on, and it, it was it was totally deserved as well, wasn't it? Because I think Nathan Jones said at the end that we didn't really have that uh, that battering from City that towards the end of the game that w- that you did think was going to be coming, but we didn't get that. Um, so I, I have to say it was totally deserved. Even Pep had said that at the end of the game that it, that it was deserved, and um, we we needed it, we needed this win so so badly, and you know, the players, the fans, and probably more importantly, Nathan Jones. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't think this would be the match that would decide his fate, uh, but it, it's it shut up a lot of the, the fan base, I suppose us included, um, who weren't of the highest opinion of him. It's maybe mm-hmm. made us question ourselves and think, well, maybe, maybe he does have what it takes to make this <laughs> team work. Eating crow there, Kev. Yeah, I'm always questioning myself, though. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I just mentioned it, Tim. City didn't register a shot on target. The last time that happened was uh, April 2018. And just let that sink in for a second when you think about the talent that they have. Um, the, all the goals that they can score, the different ways that they can do it, not one shot on target. So yeah, an incredible, incredible job from, from Jones and the team. Um, and it was also the only time that Pep Guardiola has lost a quarterfinal in England. So 
What do you think of that? Uh, I didn't know what to think. I literally <laughs> thought my TV was broken. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I just don't. It was baffling to me that that happened. And eventually City went on to lose to United this weekend. And I just thought, why are we better than United? Because United, uh, you know, why are we better than the city right now? Uh, it just like, why? Like, what mm. can go on? And I don't know. I just didn't know what to think about it. Yeah. And Kev, have you got any of the stats there? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, we didn't see much of the ball. Uh, 28% possession. Uh, that's 72. Yeah. We had 12, we had 12 shots against Manchester City. Mm. Uh, Four of those were on target, and like you said, uh, they had no shots on target. Seven, uh, seven shots in total. Quiet night for Bazunu against his old club. Yeah. Still a few shaky moments though. Still can't deal with those crosses. Yeah, he, he's very raw, isn't he? But um, I suppose that you know you just got to stick with him now. Yeah, uh, we have to. <laughs> you decided not to rest him in the cup. Uh, yeah, I thought Willie was going to get some action again against his old club. But, uh, not not to be. Big, big Willie action. Big Willie action, yeah. Uh, Tim, I'm going to start with you. Who's your man of the match? Lianco. Kevin, who are you going with? Yeah, Lianco. Um, yeah, he, he uh, gave me a bit of... Uh, Wood? A bit of a semi, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I had Lianco or somebody else, and because you two have gone for, for Lianco, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go Gineppo, and I know he only played one hour, but uh, what an hour he had. He had the most shots, he had the most mm. tackles, the most dribbles, and more importantly, he had the most lobs on Ortega, so he gets my man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting combination, isn't it? Um, Lianco and Gineppo on the right. You've got kind of the, the strength and the audacity of Lianco, and uh, Gineppo is sort of... Uh, no strength. Hundred mile an hour legs, yeah, but okay. <laughs> paper legs, but the, the the speed and the dribbling. Yes, yeah. um, and and Jones said after the game, I'll, I'll quote him again. Uh, I, I thought we were excellent right from the first minute. We were aggressive, well organised, and went after the game. We scored two good goals and had situations where we could have had more. It wasn't a smash and grab. We weren't defending for our life late on, and that shows we've got a lot of facets to our game. I'm pleased for the players especially, but also the staff because we've been through some stuff. It's been tough and we show today we have some, we have made sane decisions, good decisions, and that's the reward for the last few weeks where we haven't got results, but we have been building performances. Yes, Everton yesterday, Saturday the 14th of January, uh, Goodison Park. A j- relief, jubilation, and it just it just feels special, this one, and the manner of the win. A win that hasn't happened since 1997. I keep going on about it. Um, and again, a, a Prousey masterclass. Uh, one nil down to a Onana goal from a corner. Again, uh, but dragged dragged us to three points um, from the right boot of, of James Ward Prowse, showing his different qualities, but vintage qualities all the same. The run, the composed finish, and to the sublime trademark free kick uh, to give us the win. Um, and, and hope moving forward. Um, but... Kev, I mean, the game, it started under a cloud, didn't it? And it's not ours this time, which is, which is nice. Uh, Everton protests over the club regime. Uh, there was sit-in protests after the game. The, the board members advised not to travel through safety concerns. And I don't know if you knew this, but the chief executive, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, she was um, reportedly put in a headlock as she left the director's box in the week. And 
Her car was surrounded and spat on. Chairman Bill Kenwright has received death threats and just a nasty, nasty place in a situation everyone this finds. This is all just from the stewards. <laughs> so, I mean, I wouldn't be attending if I were in that situation either, but I'm all for peaceful protests like the sit-in one's fine. I'm OK for that. Everyone has the right to do that. But intimidation is just not on. And Yeah, stick yeah. up a banner. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and I can't help. You know, it's not going to help the players, is it? All the pressure that's on them anyway. And you get this and it's just, yeah, an ugly backdrop to a, to a crucial fixture for them. But, you know, yeah, this bad, bad times for Everton. And I'm I'm sorry that we're having to, to pile more pressure on them, but not at our expense. Really? Are you sorry? <laughs> no, well, I mean, <laughs> no, well, well, no, just that the, the, they're getting all this. Uh, like I just said, like peaceful protest is fine, but the way that they're going about it now and it's turning nasty and it's turning violent and you don't want to see that. No, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a, Everton are one of those car crash clubs that seems how, however much money they spend, whichever managers they get in, um, nothing seems to go right for them. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's worse than they've ever seen. They are, they are a huge club, aren't they? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Premier League or even a top tier mainstay for so long that it's kind of unthinkable that they've been in relegation positions. But there they are. Yeah. Tim, we have three changes from the midweek win against City. Adams, Adozi and Moyen. I, I said to you, actually, before the game, that I was a little bit sad that Gineppo didn't make the start after the performance that he gave us against City. But, you know, he did come off after a little bit of a knock in that game. Mm-hmm. He didn't get any minutes. Uh, and new boys, oh, well, Orsic and, and Al- Alcaraz were named on the bench. Orsic was unused, but Alcaraz came on for Lavia in the 61st minute. So, Tim, yeah, what what did you make of the the, the lineup? Uh, I think it was the right choice. Um, I think that he kept the same formation, but rotated the players out that he felt was necessary. So, to me, um, looking at it, uh, Adams for Mara seems seems likely. Moy is obviously a staple of both Ralph and, and Nathan Jones. And it's probably because he does everything right, except score goals mm-hmm. um, because he just runs around and makes uh, is in the right position and in the right team player. But, and then, uh, uh, yeah, with Gineppo being out, um, it makes sense to rotate him as well. Kev, you happy with the lineup? Yeah. I would say, um, he, he does yeah, run around and make trouble, but we've got a few players that can do that. And Dozy, and I mean, you see, uh, perfectly capable and um yeah it's more like a four three three right so yeah mm-hmm. um, and yeah the again uh cementing his place as our, our new right back <laughs> yeah um and yeah on to the action then it, what it wasn't as, as bright a start as the city game possibly some nerves floating around given the the significance of the game but i don't know i felt after the opening exchanges this was going to be Oh, it's going to be cagey. It was going to be it was going to be settled on a costly error akin to that Forest game. Um, and if I'm being honest, I thought the breakthrough would come from Everton. Yeah, I don't know. I was I wasn't massively confident going to this uh, game, even off the back of that that City win. Uh, it's it's a horrible place to go. And how long was it before we couldn't defend a corner? <laughs> Half an hour. 39 minutes, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, 39 wow, minutes. Wow, OK. Yeah. It felt like a lot less than that. It, it did, I mean, yeah. But uh, Tim, Everton, they did get the first chance before the goal, and that was Damari Gray, and didn't travel Baz, thankfully. Uh, still nervy all the same, though, the, the start. You know, 
when you get when Everton get these half chances, you still feel, oh my goodness, here it comes again. We're going to go down, um, and it almost happens there. Uh, pressure and shots lead to uh, to more confidence, which lead to more pressure and shots, which lead to more confidence, which leads to pressure and shots, and which leads to a menstrual goal. This sounds like a Yoda quote. <laughs> it was quite nervy, and, and Kev mentioned we, you know that the corner, whenever a corner comes in, it's, it's always nervy. But we we did have a chance, and Moy fired across, come shot. I don't quite know what it was. Um, it deflects off Mikalenko and it goes out for a corner. And Shay Adams is at the back post and he's just leaping up and he just missed him. And, you know, heart and mouth stuff. It seemed to take an age to go out of play. I didn't know what was going on. The opener, it came five minutes before half time. And yeah, no surprises. It was a corner. I, um, OK, so I've done some work. Uh, of the 34 goals we've conceded in the league this season, how many do you feel we've conceded from corners or set pieces in general? Uh, uh, set pieces in general? Okay. Out of, um, out, of, out of the 34. Go on, have a guess. I'm going to go with... Uh, let's go with six. Okay. Uh, yeah, Tim wins this. It's nine. Okay, I, I, I've kind of like... <laughs> I felt like it was more, but we conceded from corners in the opening two games and, you know, Spurs leads. Also against Villa, against Everton. Uh, and then we went for a spell where we didn't. Uh, well, OK, we, we, get, we did get beat 4-0 by City. And City have different ways to be able to beat you other than set pieces. So all of those weren't set pieces. Uh, Liverpool, Fulham and, of course, Everton, we conceded from corners. But I, I don't know. I thought it would be a lot more than that. Maybe this was all carrying over from last season as well. But, you know, we... Bit of recency with, bias. Possibly, yeah. But with the um, <laughs> with Ralph's set pieces, uh, I've always had a problem and an issue with with um, zonal over man marking. Nathan Jones seems to be doing a little bit of both. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, Amadou Anana with the header, and Elianusi, I guess, losing his marker there, and it, it, it's not easy, is it, marking a big man like that? But I, I just don't think he was he was great there, Elianusi. No, he should have got to. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I might just be being a little bit overcritical. Um, we, we, we did get a chance to bring us back almost instantly. And Prousey had had this shot and it was pushed brilliantly onto the post by Pickford. That could have been, yeah, that could have been crucial right there, the timing of that. I was convinced that that was going in. Pickford's a good keeper, you know. I know he gets a lot of criticism, but he's a very good keeper. He's a very, very good shot stopper. How are they bottom of the league then? <laughs> Um, because the team's not very good. I mean, you look at Bazunu, look at his... But, well, OK, put it put it this way. Look at the save percentage of Bazunu. It's the worst in the league. And you look at Everton's or Pickford's save percentage, it's one of the best. So he gets a lot really? of shots and he saves them. Bazunu gets a lot of shots and he doesn't. So, yeah, that doesn't lie. The save percentage is always a good thing to go by. He's a decent keeper. And I think if it, what if they did have a more solid defence, which seems crazy, right, because they've got Tarkovsky and they've got Conor Cody... They've got a decent defence. They're better than us, but mm. not playing like it. Uh, but we we did get back into the game and crucial time, right? And I think if we hadn't have found that equaliser when we did, then Jones may have pulled the pin a little bit and the setup would have changed. Orsic may have come on and, you know, we could have seen more, I don't know, a bit of desperation perhaps. And But right after the restart, we level it up and... Yeah, a great goal. This goal, right, it was amazing. And I think the second goal kind of overshadows it. But give it the credit it deserves. It was built from the back. Walker Peters lofts one up and, and Che Adams with a lovely little knockdown. And yeah, first touched right into the path on rushing Prousey. And then one touch to measure it. Two to make Ben Godfrey look like Jan Bednarik. <laughs> Falls on his ass. And then Prousey makes Pickford look like Angus Gunn. 
So, yeah, fabulous feat, <laughs> composure. And as I say, what a time to make it happen. 1-1 with 45 minutes still to play. Game on. Yeah, I mean, a couple of months ago, you wouldn't have seen Prowse have the confidence to, to put a shot like that. But, uh, yeah, the man's back. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, OK, I'm sorry to Angus Gunn there. It wasn't really his fault. But uh, yeah, Tim, what a goal, though. The first goal. Yeah, absolutely. They they found Adams in the space. Uh, I didn't realize he could be that target man, but he obviously is always looking around to wherever the, the next player was. And, and Prowse obviously made the run, uh, which is great. And I didn't think he had that first touch in him. That was the key to it. Mm. It was once he was, was able to bring it down. He was going to cross it over thinking that was a Gwe- uh, Gwehi, um was the one who slid, slid across. Godfrey. And, yeah, Godfrey. Slid, okay, so it was Godfrey. And I can't believe he was able to make the touch. And then it was just a soft touch. And then at that point in time, Pickford is you know covering 10% of what is his shot area that he can make and put it right past him. And wow, just, uh, I didn't, I just didn't think Prowse had that type of, uh, that small, that small game in him. Yeah. He's, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. 50th goal for the club as well. So yeah, that was good. Um, Kevin, then Calvert Lewin hits the bar <laughs> and there you're thinking, Oh my God, this game, you know, I, I guess it is. It just a case of who wants it more now because they were still going for Everton. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a couple of chances in that, uh, game that I've been shitting myself and you know, Obi had it decent chance as well but it just sort of fizzled out for them towards the end so um, I didn't see any way for them to get back into the really because that, there nah. was I, I thought that Godfrey when he reached for that cross and it just missed out on that I thought it was coming um, and at that point right I was praying for 1-1 I thought we have to hang on to this point because I was worried we'd see another Fulham and you know we're we deserve a point out of this and we get nothing. And can you imagine getting nothing in this game? We won the game and we're still behind them. We're still bottom of the league. But to allow Everton three points on us now cannot happen. We cannot lose this game. And I, I thought it was coming. OK, before we get into it, let's discuss Che Adams, his role in this, because Everton are, are attacking down the right, um, our, well, our left. Uh, Adams is in a left back position and he wins the ball back from Gray and then he's gone he starts the counter, he sets off Kyle Walker-Peters, and then he races onto the loose ball, which leads to uh, Anthony Gordon shoving him, and he gets the free kick out of it. So that whole phase of play was excellent from Shea, and it's things like that that I don't think he gets enough credit for. Um, him and Adam Armstrong, because they're both similar in that in that regards, and I don't know there's many forwards that do that for their teams. I can't, we still need that number nine, don't we, to stay put and to be, yeah. that, and to be that poacher and allow Shea and his merry men to you know go off and do that um get bring the energy and stuff but anyway back to the goal what a moment and yeah take it away kevin it's it's just a superb free kick i'm just elated i'm i mean shock first of all um <laughs> uh, i was almost as shocked as jordan pickford was <laughs> um <laughs> uh, yeah just 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 incredible we had to wait so long uh last year for Prowse to, to score a free kick, and now he's just knocking him in for fun. Yeah, he's right on the tail of Beckham again, isn't he? Still. Yeah, what is that? that? How far is he in the, in uh, the two, table? Two behind now, I believe. He's on 16, isn't he? And, and Beckham's 18, uh, I believe. I could be wrong. He could be 17 now, but I thought that was oh. 16. But yeah, two behind. He's doing that for the end of the season. Well, he needs to, because Saints ain't going to be in the Premier League, are they? So. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. So I'm sat there, Tim, right? And I've got I've got my cat snuggled on my lap, and you can imagine what happened next. I screamed the place down. I jumped on my feet. Uh, my boy came running down the stairs to check that I was all right because I mean I scared the girls. Um, yeah, I was just screaming. I was punching things. It was uh, it was amazing, and that's the best moment of the season right there for me. It was it, it was incredible because it, it it was one of those moments where you. you, you you kind of, whenever you say, oh, here it comes, here comes the goal, it never happens. But this time it mm. did. I, I said, it's, it's coming, it's going to happen. He's got a free kick here, it's, it's happening, we're going we're gonna to win this game. And it did, and that never happens. And I was absolutely over the moon. Tim, I, I, please share your experience of this goal. Well, my experience was uh, my wife yelling at me, telling me, Remember, you're in a you're in a you're in a um, a condo building now, and your neighbors <laughs> next door they don't know yet you're you know what you're doing at this moment. So stop that. And I said <laughs> it was a Ward Prowse free kick. I don't care. And then the look of death was back to me. Oh, I know, um, I know that look. I've seen that look that she gives. Yeah. Me. Yes. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty evil. Um, but I hope she doesn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> And so the one thing I do want to talk about, though, and I don't think anywhere else I've seen on this coverage, um, if you watch the Everton game earlier this year, they did the exact same technique with having Milenko drop back, except it was Seamus Coleman. And Coleman was able to clear it off the line. I think that Pickford was so far to the right, and we th- were thinking that Milenko was going to be able to drop back, um, and cover that edge, thinking that just was going to happen. He didn't get back fast enough, whereas earlier in the year, they did the exact same technique, but Coleman was able to get back and clear and clear it off the edge. Nobody's getting back to clear that one. Yes, based, <laughs> on, the, based on the way that it was, because uh, the, the, what ended up happening last year, uh, earlier this year was um, they were farther out, so there was more time that allowed for it to happen, whereas right now they were so short, and they basically would have played him on side, uh, played everybody else who was there on side. And um, oh, I think, like I, which is, yeah, mm. so, mm. which is why I think that Pickford is literally standing flat footed there. And he's like, oh, Milenko was supposed to drop back and it didn't work. And that's why I just went in so easily. But who cares? Yeah. Prowse, amazing. Another James Ward Prowse free kick. Best in the world at it currently. Nobody else is better than him. It is amazing to think that Southampton has somebody who is absolute the best in the world at it. Something that anywhere else that isn't shit. It's yeah. that's something positive. So to me, um, I, I want to say it's going to be really weird going to St. Mary's in 20 years and you're going to see a statue of James Ward Prowse and it's going to be him <laughs> in a golf swing. <laughs> and you're going to be like, why the fuck am I going to a soccer game? And there's a player in a statue in a golf swing outside. I'm like, I, it's a different sport. There's a there's a statue of Michael Jackson outside Craven Cottage. So, you know. yes. Well, that's I think it's going to be even more weird than that, because you're just going to see him and he's going to golf swing and he's got like his he's looking up to see how far his drive went. And you're going to be like, 
why? Like, what the hell? Like, what is going on here in 20 years? And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that was a celebration. And you can tell the story to your you can tell your story to your kids or your grandkids at that point about what's going on, Um, because that man is going he is uh, bound for a statue. He is bound to be the best player um, in in Southampton history. And I hope he doesn't ever leave. I think he might if they go down. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Weirder than having a statue of Michael Jackson. Yes. Um, yeah, I just want to say on this match as well that the fans played their part at Goodison. Um, they were magnificent. You can't say that we only sing when we're winning because when it was nil-nil, they could be heard. And, you know, when Gray missed that first chance and oh, when the Saints rang out. So to all those fans that made the long trip to Liverpool, you were amazing as always and, you know, probably carried us a little further than, than we probably could have. But yeah, win another one. Massive. And I think bigger than both those cup games put together. So, yeah, incredible. And a stat for you, our, our first win when losing at half time away from home for 21 years. That's quite some stat. Fucking hell. And that's our first win at Goodison for 20, how long, 26 years? 20, 25, I think. Yeah, 25 years. It was November, November 97 was the last time we did it. But, yeah. Uh, and also, it first win for Nathan Jones. Yes, uh, it seems to, it seems amazing, Kev, that just last week we were asking the question of who's going to be um, who's going to be the new manager. We were seeking out alternatives, and now we're asking the question: Were we just a little bit too hasty? I'm still reserving judgment. Yeah, um, I think he's got a long way to go before uh, he's, he'll he'll get the fans on the side. Uh, yeah, and so it should be. I think you don't want to get carried away with it. Uh, Tim, I want to focus on James Ward-Prowse just for a minute because, you know, let's be honest, it, it hasn't been the greatest season for him. Romeo Levin hasn't helped. Kev mentioned there's, there's a hole there. Diallo's been in and out through his Saints career. Lavi has been in and out through, through injury. Uh, but recently he's picked it up. And, and yesterday it was back to his usual self. It's that old adage, isn't it? Form is temporary, class is permanent. Seems to be correct here. Um, you may have noticed, though, that Jones has given him the license to roam a, a tad more. Um, he's played Lavia and Diallo here to, you know, to be the defensive anchors and almost played Prousey as a number 10. And it's worked because he seems much more influential going forward. And it's, it's not just the set pieces because we see those long busting runs uh, rather than than the sitting. And you have to credit Jones for, well, for A, for realising that we can get the best out of him there and B, actually playing two holding midfielders and giving him that role, a role that Ralph rarely did use him in. Uh, but, I mean, you could argue that Ralph always got the best out of him wherever he put him. But is this something we have to continue to do for Prousey moving forward? Tim? Yeah, I mean, he is the captain for a reason. And it's not to say that, oh, the captain is completely immune to being able to be dropped. But his his class is there and he has the ability to be malleable and be flexible when it comes to certain positions. And to me, I'm very happy with that, seeing how he's been able to sometimes play as a 10, uh, like recently, uh, be that six, the holding midfielder. We've seen him at right wing back before, which hasn't been his specialty, um, but uh, maybe was position, hopefully getting allowing Gareth Southgate to pick him on a team, which it didn't end up happening. Uh, but to me, I mean, you're looking at um, – Let's take a look at how many uh, goals that he's had or, uh, you know, because uh, there's a significant portion of time there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games where he didn't have any goals or assists. And seeing that was definitely the drop. I could see a drop off. But right now, overall, all season, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven goals all season. 
and six of them are in the league right now. I can, oh, no, it's five in the league and mm-hmm. one in the uh, five in the league, one in the uh, Carabao Cup and one in uh, the FA Cup. And then you've got one, two more assists on top of that. Um, he, he's he's getting hot when he needs to be, and we absolutely need him. And I think he is the guy who's going to have to carry us to get us to safety. Someone at work actually said to me because we won two in a row. They said, "What's the difference? Like, what's happened? What's Nathan Jones? You know, he's a ca- he's a casual fan, doesn't watch it all the time, but he just said, what's changed in those two? And you know, from last week to this week, what what's the difference? The only thing I could say to him was the fact that he that Ward Prowse is the, is the difference, moving him forward just that little bit more, giving him some cover behind him with Diallo and Lavia." That's the only thing I can think of has changed because everybody else has been in and out. Um, but he hasn't. And he's just he's I mean, would it be fair to say that he's definitely a lot better going forward than he is defending? Yeah, he's just not particularly creative um, when you have him in that holding role. Moving him a bit more forward is, um, yeah, it seems to have given him a, a bit more confidence. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone is so self-assured in the box as Browsey has been. I just yeah. hope it's hope it's contagious that uh, yeah, Adams and Armstrong and and the like that uh, they can link up together and um, yeah finally start scoring some goals because I mean yeah the stats are pretty damning on on, on that front aren't they? Yes, and speaking of stats, what were they like in this match? We saw uh, a lot more possession of forty eight percent. We had thirteen shots to to their twelve mm. and five. Shots on time. Five out of the 13. Hmm. And what about Everton? Four. Four. Okay, so we beat him on, on every front apart from possession. Um, did you get the XG? Because I thought this was quite interesting. No. Did uh, you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Saints 1.2. What, what's Everton's? One. No. I'm going to go with like close to two, like maybe 1.8, 1.9. It was 1.4, so still two above us, which seems crazy. But yeah, there we go. Uh, man of the match, Kevin. I don't think that there can be anyone else getting the man of the match than Prowse. Um Yeah, we sang his praises so much. I mean, he was just a, another class, another level, another planet. Planet Prowse. Planet Prowse. I'm 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 coming on board, Planet Prowse as well because yeah, who else? Hey, uh, Tim. Are you going to make it a hat trick? I don't think the man is going to leave. Even if we do get relegated, I think they're going to sell <laughs> off a lot more talent. I think they're going to be able, they'd sell off uh, Belakachap or even Salisu or a couple of the center backs, a couple of you know maybe Lavia, maybe even Walker Peters, but they won't sell. I don't. I think Ward Prowse will go, will stick with us, and I think he is the man. I think he is the legend as well. He is not the. He. he I don't think he's a legend. He is the legend. You you think he's overtaken the legend of Matt Letizia now? Yes, he mm, he well. he will by the end of the season. I think Matt Letiz will, and eventually by the end of his career, Ward Prowse will be over Matt Letiz. Mm. I mean, I think we can have if if there's a conversation that Lambert, Letiz, and some of the other greats are going to be in. Uh, yeah, you can't not include Browse in that. Hang on, Ray, you know this better than me. What are the, um, the boxes at St. Mary's? Who are they named after? Boxes aren't named after anyone, but these suites are named after people. The suites, you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got the Mick Shannon suite, you've got the Terry Payne suite, you've got the Matt Letizia suite, you had the Ted Bates lounge, but that's all changed since when I was there. Payne, Shannon, Letiz, Prowse. Lambert and Browsey. Yeah. Mm. 
I reckon that's a conversation, isn't it? The Ward Prowse suite, yeah. Right, uh, post-match interview then from uh, from Nathan Jones in this one. Uh, we deserved it today. I thought we were tactically excellent. We weren't really physical, so we had to change and go to a back five to curtail the pressure, and we went back out there to take the game. Uh, we had to keep real pace and aggression and make tactical subs late on. Diallo got booked, so we had to shore things up. With the greatest respect, there we go, Kev. Uh, they went uh, land of the Giants at the end, so we just had to see it through. I don't think there's a question over spirit of the squad with what we've been through. Uh, from where we were after the Forest game to go bang, bang, bang in three games, it shows the character in the staff and the players is here. We are in a categorically different position to a week ago, but it's only a small step and we have to build on that. We've got exci- some exciting games coming up. Aston Villa at home, which is a tough, tough game and then back into cup action with three games in just over a week uh, in which the magnitude is massive. Kev, you've touched on it before. Uh, has Nathan Jones won you over? No, not yet. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was still on that Ralph Express even before he signed. So, um, yeah, with me personally, um, he's definitely up against it. But, um, yeah, I, I wish him every success. Hope that he can get Saints to succeed because, uh, yeah, we're going to need a lot to keep us in the league. But, uh, yeah, I hope he can win me over. But, yeah, it's a bit early for me. So he's won three games in a row, albeit only one in the league, but three Premier League teams. So to me, that's what you need. He needs that. And to me, I can't believe that we've beat Man City and then had two more, you know, just had three in a row. The jury's still out, and I won't be on the, the Jones uh, the Jones track until we're sitting in 14th or 15th place and looking down against uh, a couple teams that are going to get relegated, hopefully um, looking at Bournemouth, uh, Everton, and for the memes, and somebody else. <laughs> West Ham so struggling. Wolves. Yeah. Wolves yeah, West Ham. Wolves won yesterday, and they got mm-hmm. Lopez de Gui. So mm-hmm. um, to me, it's uh, it's 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 going to be a fight. I don't also, think we're going to. Also, Lopetegui just signed. Uh, Mario Lamina yeah, is just gone. Mario Lamina. Yeah, yeah. Mario oh, Lamina. Really? Yeah, he's just gone to Wolves. So, um, yeah, welcome back to the Premier League. Something that I missed in my uh, in my uh, news. Um, and yeah, the the big games that we've got coming up that are winnable. I mean, I, I don't care what you say. The way that we're playing at the moment, we can beat Aston Villa. We have to go and beat Aston Villa. Um, ignore the cup games, but then you've got massive, massive games against Brentford, Wolves. Um, Chelsea aren't great at the moment, so they're there for the taking. You've got Leeds, you've got Leicester, uh, you know, there's some t- West Ham still coming up. There are some winnable games there. We can we can do this, and of course we still got. We've already beaten Chelsea, haven't we? Yeah, and we've got Bournemouth to play at home still. Don't forget. So that there's there's some games that we can can win here, but it all starts with Aston Villa. We have to build on this win. We can't go and and, and do another Forest. Uh, and just, you know, shy away and then let them take it to us from an error. And so that Aston Villa game then is um, next Saturday, the 21st at 3 p.m. kickoff. And that's at St. Mary's. Uh, biggest wins against Aston Villa then. We had a 6-2 in 1967. We had a 5-0 back in 87. We've had four ones in 94 and 2012. But the one that everyone should remember is that 6-1 from 2015 uh, with that record-breaking hat-trick from Sadio Mane inside 16 minutes. Let's have more of that again, please. That would be be nice. Uh, Villa, though, Tim, lately, uh, they're not doing too bad, are they? They're picking it up a bit. The last five, they've had a, a win-loss, win-draw, and a win. So that that's not too shabby. Uh, they won at Brighton. They lost at home to Liverpool. 
they went to Spurs and won. A 1-1 draw with Wolves and a 2-1 win on Friday night against Leeds. That's not bad. That's not bad, especially away from home, which doesn't bode so well. Um, but yeah, winning at Spurs on New Year's Day and at Brighton just before Christmas is massive. Um, Danny Ings is our top scorer with seven and Ollie Watkins leads their assists on four. Uh, head to head, pretty close. Saints have won 29. Villa have won 31 with 23 draws. Tim, take it away. Aston Villa then. Big, big game again. Yeah, absolutely. And so looking at it, yes, yesterday or well, I guess Friday now, uh, they won two one against Leeds. So from them, that just builds uh, a lot of good <clears throat> uh, momentum for it. But they did just lose uh, Ollie Watkins and Luca Dean. Uh, they went off with injuries in the first half against them, which uh, means that Ings is definitely starting then. Likely, he will mm. definitely, uh, very much likely start and. Uh, so th- that, those add to the injuries that they currently have. John McGinn is currently out. Louis, Louis Augustuson, who is a left back they signed on loan from Sevilla, is currently uh, is currently out. And then Diogo Carlos, who center back they signed uh, in the offseason and tore his Achilles. So he's been out. Earlier this year, we lost to him 1-0, uh, allowing Stevie G to keep his job a little bit longer. Uh, thanks to a Ramsey win in the uh, Ramsey uh, goal in the 40, 41st minute, uh, which led to a 1-0 win. Um, doing that, they just signed Alex Moreno from Real Batiste, who's mm-hmm. a 29-year-old left back, who's going to who slotted in and was one of their best players uh, for Luca Dean. So while Luca Dean is out, uh, they will definitely have their immediate replacement there. And obviously, we just mentioned Ings as well. So one of the curious things that I was uh, was looking at with Unai Emery, uh, his history with Sevilla and Arsenal and even PSG, uh, I wanted to look up and see what he did in terms of his formations. And so um, he, he's very, ultimately it's malleable and you'll see him primarily line up in a 4-4-2, but it definitely doesn't show as a 4-4-2. Um, so what you generally see is an inverted wingers with one of the center forwards tending to drop deep and drag defenders around. So Ings can do that. He has, uh, he's got that experience, uh, being able to handle it under, uh, Ralph and then, um, with Liverpool as well. Um, being the uh, being the nine, but also being the distraction up there. So with the inverted wingers, you know, who are you going to see? What's going to happen? Uh, we didn't see Coutinho start against um, uh, against Leeds, but I could see them slotting him back in as well. And who knows? Um, they've got a great team. They've got a lot of good uh, a lot of good pieces on their roster, but uh, not to uh, it's it's scary thinking about it. So. Um, I wanted to come up with a five-a-side, and uh, looking at the team, I wanted a five-a-side with all uh, South Americans because I think that five-a-side <laughs> players, if they're South American, so you've got uh, Emmy Martinez, you've got Lianco, uh, you've got Alcaraz, uh, Philip Coutinho, and Emiliano Buendia, so that would be a super scary five-a-side team, especially with Leonco in front of Martinez. And then you've got Alcaraz, Coutinho, and Buendia just dancing around everybody. Um, that team would destroy a lot of people. Um, that would that would be really, really scary. So uh, what are we looking like for their formation coming up? Uh, their lineup uh, just recently was Martinez, Young, Kansa, Mings, Dean, uh, Bailey, uh, Luis, uh, Kamara, Ramsey, Buendia, and Watkins. Um, 
immediately you can slot in Marino, Mourinho and Ings in there for Dean and uh, Watkins respect, respectively. But like I said, Coutinho, where does he slot in? What's going to happen? Um, maybe you see him come in for Ramsey. Uh, maybe you see that with, with more of attacking line up there with like more of a four, three, three bull with Buendia and, um, and uh, continue playing those inverted wingers. And I'm going to go with that because I think that that is the best lineup that they have. And even Ashley Young there kicking it and right back and having a good time starting over Matty Cash, which hasn't been uh, 100% ever since coming back from the World Cup. Um, so power subs that you're going to see, Jacob Ramsey, Morgan Sanson, and Don Ducker comes back from uh, suspension for the yellow, the cumulative yellow card suspension. Uh, they, like I said, they've got a few people out uh, on injuries and loans, and so they don't. I don't necessarily think they have that top end heavy bench, uh, but those are going to be your power subs that are going to come through. Um, what, what's your key battle? It's going to be Che Adams versus Tyrone Mings, um, beast on beast, just hard uh, nose, hard hitting players. And so, when you mention the term battle. It's literally a battle between those two. So it's going to be super tough. If you had Adam Armstrong up there or Sekumara, they're going to get knocked around uh, and it's not going to happen. Adams absolutely is one of the first people on the team sheet that I have. Um, so what are we looking like? Our formation, how are things going to change up? Um, I think it's going to be, uh, we're going to see that three center backs. So we've got, uh, Bazunu, uh, Leonco, DCC, uh, Salisu, and KWP. So you're going to see, um, KWP on the left side and he'll go forward, be the primary wing back, uh, well, we'll say wing back, but, um, fullback going forward with Leonco sliding in more to the three at the back and keeping a little bit more of a tighter defensive touch. I think you're going to see Lavia once again gets a start. I think you're going to see Alcaraz coming for Diallo and JWP mm. as well. And then I do think also you're going to see uh, Adozi getting dropped. And alongside that, you're going to see Orsic, uh, Moy, and Adams going up. I think that they are uh, ready to go. I think Alcaraz made enough of an impact uh, in that uh, eight position there that if you're looking more of a Diallo who's going to sit back and be a little bit better defense and and or his positioning whereas Alcaraz is going to be able to make the push go forward um I could see Diallo also being there but this is also my preferred lineup too so uh, I'll rather take Alcaraz at this point and I I want to see I'm sorry I think I agree uh with your lineup pretty much but I would say Diallo keeps his place and uh, Alcaraz will come off the bench I think he'll be a little bit more defensive minded to start things and then see how it goes and then there's a possibility that uh, he'll make that change same one again Alcaraz Uh, yeah that's the only other absolutely but uh, yeah I don't I don't disagree with Adozi uh, having a having to sit for a bit and then starting Orsic I, I don't see why not go for it there and then hold back with Diallo yeah, I, I could I as long as the the rest of January shapes up to be I don't know why I feel like a dozy needs a loan. Um, I, I, I don't. But because based on our players, but who knows, you know, we could get three injuries and a is going to be the first person, you know, one of the first people on the team sheet after he scores two against uh, um, Blackpool and two against uh, Newcastle in the home match. Formation wise, do you think we'll be going with a four, three, three? Then? I think it's going to appear as a three, four, one, two. Um, or a three-one-four-two. I, I don't. I can't really pinpoint where he where he slots in. Is like what is the typical formation? We knew with Ralph it's a four-two-two-two, two, two, and you knew where everybody is going to approximately be. 
for this, there's too much malleability. And yeah. with the players, in defense is going to be different than going forward. Um, I think that in defense, you're going to see it as four uh, heavy at the back with one sitting with a with a, uh, with uh, Lavia sitting right in front of um, the two center backs. And then from there, you've got if it's Diallo, who's going to be a lot closer to the back to the back line or Alcaraz, who's going to be up pushing a little bit more uh, JWP in front of there. And then um, Moy can be anywhere. Uh, Orsage could be anywhere. Adams is obviously going to be up top and running around. I've seen it look like a three four one two. I've seen it look like a three one four two. I've seen it look like a four two one four one two one two. Like it, it just, it, I can't really pinpoint it. Yeah, it's changeable. It's, it's you don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, it keeps the it keeps the opposition on their toes. Um, predictions then. Um, I think I'm first. Uh, I'm, yes, I am. Uh, I'm going to go six-one with a 14-minute hat trick from Jay Adams. There we go. Um, gonna be, no, I'm going to go for a one-one, which won't necessarily be the the worst result, but um, yeah, I'm 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 going to go a little bit conservative and say one-one. Yeah, I think it's, this is becoming like a regular fixture, really, isn't it? Uh, that, um, we both predict a one-one draw. I think we've done it for the last four or five matches, so I'm I'm just going to repeat. Uh, until they, <laughs> uh, hold on, I went for a four. Straight. I went for a four-nil City win. So <laughs> yeah, we all went for a City win. But yeah, that aside, um, I think it's been one all draws since October, I think, isn't it? Possibly. But yeah. So you're going to go one-one. Yeah, the draws that come at some point. Okay. Uh, Tim, over to you. Uh, 2-1 loss. Uh, Discord then. Uh, Alex Haas, Colt Baker, Not Very Slim Jim and Russ Sayers all going for 2-1 wins against Everton. Um, well done to them. Uh, Colt Baker remains at the summit, uh, some five points ahead of Alex. Super 6, uh, round 30 was won by Adrian Gelder with nine points. Uh, and round 31 is ongoing still. Uh, currently, Paul Beasley and Jeff Stelling are in the lead on nine, but we're still awaiting the North London derby result. Uh, at the top of the table was Stuart White with 275 points. Kevin, fantasy football. I've been doing quite well, despite, uh, I think, me and Tim, um, both triple captained and taking this opportunity. Did you do the same? I didn't because I'd already triple captained uh, at the start of the season on a Haaland one. Um, okay, another one after the World Cup. Can't remember when I did it, but yeah, I've already I've already done that. I did, have, right. I did play my wild card this week, being a double game week, so I had to make some changes. Um, so I, I did that. Yeah, I mean, I've got some injury problems here. Um, but uh, yeah, my team's done, done terrifically well, despite uh, Haaland's not netting against United. I'm on 53 points this week. Thanks to Prowse, and for 15 of them, I should have kept him. Uh, yeah, I believe I'm still top of the Podders League. Yeah, I'm actually chalking up quite a bit of a gap here to second. So, yeah. I'm probably going to need that later on the season. And I'm racing up our big league 12th. How far is that? 28 points behind Lucy Heiner. She's having a bit of a shitter at the moment. Uh, what about you, Tim and Raymond? Uh, I've been really good, well above the average, by 10 to 15 points in the last three games, uh, or the last three match weeks. Um, right now I'm sitting on 37 points. So... Uh, we'll see what happens with that, um, and it could uh, go up or down. Uh, I've got Rashford, Triple Cop, Cop and Holland. Um, Kane's got two game weeks. Um, 
And so the city players have two game weeks, the United players, since they got Shaw in there as well. And Trippier is holding a zero, uh, zero goals right now. So he might get the bonus there uh, for the clean sheet. Um, yep. Top three, uh, Marlon Aiding Allen, uh, Johnny Phillips and Chris Hunch. There you go. Superb. Uh, do you want a where am I this week? Go on then. Go on then. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. As usual, you get a free guess on the first clue, but just the one. Guess. Clue number one then for five points. This stadium is located 236 miles from St. Mary's. Uh, I'm going to go with the track, whatever the tractor stadium is in Ips- Ipswich Town. Portman Road. Port- Portman Road. I'll go with that. Okay, Kevin. It's one of those terrible distances, isn't it? Um, yeah. Go Midlands Club. Are you at the county ground? I am not at the county ground, nor am I at Portman Road. So you're both uh, still in, but no points. Okay, so now it starts. Clue two for four points. Approximately 33 miles from Old Trafford. 33 miles. Sounds from Portsmouth at a distance of much. You gonna have a guess for four points, Kev? Or do you want the, the third? Uh, the, the next nah, one? I don't need the third. Ben, Okay, right. Clue three for three points, then. This city is noted for its culture, architecture and transport links. For three points, does anyone want to have a guess? Culture is definitely not Liverpool, then. Um, No, thanks. No, okay. Tim's playing it safe. Kevin, are you going to play it safe or are you going to take the three points? This city is noted for its culture, architecture and transport links. So vague. (laughs) <laughs> um, go on then. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. Okay, so clue four. For two points, currently competing in the Premier League and is the seventh largest stadium in the country. Um, it's oh. got to be Leeds United, isn't it? You're going for Leeds? Yeah. Tim, are you going to go against him? Uh, it's got to be, well, 33 miles. Liverpool's west and it's not much of a transport. Leeds is probably better. So yeah, I'm going to go with Leeds as well. You are both out. It is not Leeds. Ah. No points for both of you. The fifth transport, clue. Famously shocking Leeds. <laughs> the fifth clue. Uh, have a city rivalry with Everton and a capacity of ah. over 53,000. <laughs> I is talked a myself out of it. Yeah, you both did. <laughs> So, I mean, you said it's very vague about the city uh, noted for its culture. Well, it actually won the, uh, the the award a couple of years ago, Kevin. So you can't say that it hasn't. Um, transport links yes. also. Uh, and the architecture. Have you not heard of the Liver building? It's one building. <laughs> it's a massive city. It's, it's, I thought, yeah. The only reason I included Anfield in this one, because A, I thought it was going to throw you because it's, it's got a city rivalry, obviously. You, I thought you were going to go with Goodison because... You know, they're fairly, well, they're very, very, very close, of course. Uh, and second, because I asked Caitlin to name a football team and she said Liverpool, which disgusted me a little bit. But I thought, OK, I'm going to go with it. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's the first time you've chosen a Premier League team as well. Exactly. I threw one in there for you. Uh, but yeah, no points for both of you, you couple of losers. Um, yeah, you said, how, how far was it? 250 miles? 200, 236 miles from St. Mary's. So I would have thought I it would have been a little... Think- I would have thought it was a little bit more, yeah. yeah, but apparently not. And 33 miles from Old Trafford, you kind of went the other way, didn't you? Which, I the, the clubs are so congested in that area as well, which is yeah. Uh, Lancashire is just a, a hotbed of football. Lancashire, and Merseyside, and stuff, yeah. But there's only three teams that play side, aren't there? Mm, but still, 
never mind. Uh, we'll go again next week. And next week, then, uh, we will go through another crucial game uh, and look to build on this week as we host Aston Villa. Uh, we will also preview the first leg against Newcastle in the Carabao Cup semi-finals uh, and the fourth round FA Cup visit of Blackpool. Uh, so until next week, up the Saints. Up the, up Saints. the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.